0: welcome to sound and vision conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process here's the host of sound and vision brian alfred
1: Nathan Carter lives and works on sculptures, drawings, photographs, jewelry, costumes, music, hats, capes, painted shades, dinners, and dancing in his Brooklyn, New York based studio. He recently created, wrote, directed, and composed music for his first short film called The Dramastics Are Loud. Using handmade paper and wire figures set in dioramas, Nathan tells the story of the band as they write and record songs and go on crazy adventures touring the world in a precarious flying machine and playing their music at live rock concerts before breaking up in Paris, France. Immediately following the screenings of the film, a real-life band of musicians known as Dramastics Review has been performing the music from the film live. The film debuted at the Museum of Contemporary Art in Denver in 2016 and will be shown again at Casey Kaplan Gallery in New York City on June 23rd in an exhibition called The Dramastics and the Fascinators. Other collaborative projects include performing live music and dance with the artists Matthew Ronay and Tony Cox and LaBotta Max, and with the painter Patricia Trebe, creating skirts and dresses under the name Volley Vola. Nathan's represented by Casey Kaplan in New York City, and by Esther Shipper in Berlin. I caught up with Nathan in his studio in Red Hook, and we talked about his sculptures, his music, his many projects, and a lot more. Here's our conversation.
0: You just yeah. I, oh, I need someone needed, who sounds perfect for I that. I want I want like the like the nerdy bookish one. I want the one who sounds like like a psychotic cheerleader. I want the one who sounds like you know she grew up in a metal scrapyard. And I want the one who sounds like Ali Sheedy from The Breakfast Club, right. <laughs> who eats bugs from her hair. You just
1: happen to know people who yeah. sound.
0: like I just, I mean, I, I've, I've been saving them. I like, one day, I'm not, no, I, I just kind of, I knew, and then like, there's like the, you know, the the guys and the like their rival, the bad boy band, the um, the cream and demons, and that was um, uh, these two guys named Nick and Mung, who mm-hmm. just, the the more, like they would come over and we would read through the lines in the script, kind of straight, and then some drinks and like some weed, and then they would kind of slowly start to morph into like a couple of total assholes. And then by the third kind of way through the script and some more, you know, like like provisions, and all of a sudden it, was, it wasn't it was even the lines in the script they were reading. It was like the just the, the, the stuff they were talking about when they thought they weren't being recorded right. ended up being the gems that I used for, you know, f- like a band of four guys... Lighting their farts on fire, eating burritos in a van, you know, like just, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, It's pretty impressive. Three years. Old. Yeah, it took almost three years from from um, a guy. There's a. Do you know this? Um, there's a, a, a French art artist book publisher named. Um, it's one star press and three star press, and they're from Paris, and they do one star press are these like black and white. Kind of like print on demand, color cover, one hundred and fifty pages, kind of in design. You know, you fill in unedited. That's like their big thing. And then three star press is our books that are almost like sculptures, mm-hmm. um, small editions of, uh, and and like done by artists. Um, and anyway, so it's these. It's two people who run it, um, Christophe Boutin and his his uh, his partner uh, Melanie Skars- Skarchilia. Um, and Christoph and I were in MoMA one day, and we were seeing, we were in an Isa Genskin exhibit, yeah. and he said to me, he, we were like, I just walked in, and you know, like museums are kind of quiet, people are reverent, you know, mm-hmm. and he says to me, like in a full like voice with this big French accent, like, you know, look at this sculpture, this is shit, like nobody wants sculpture, nobody has any room for sculpture, <laughs> and I'm kind of like, Dude, like, I'm just like walking away from him and everyone stops what they're doing and they're looking and he 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 like chases me across the room and he's poking me in that space just under your shoulder blade where mm-hmm. you don't like to be poked and right. he says, "You have to make a film." And it and you should make it and it's going to fit on a thumb drive. And you have to hire cinematographers and actors and camera booms and directors and catering trucks and, you know, all this and and like i was looking at him and i was like i'm still trying to run away from him and i kind of turned around and i thought huh like a film like I'd, i i'd like to tell stories and i and i kind of like i i remember swinging around and i was like i know what i'm going to do i'm going to make a film about these four women who get out of high school and they start a punk band and go on tour and have crazy adventures and i'm going to do everything myself yeah and there was this pause and he goes that's a terrible idea. <laughs> and he keeps trying to talk me into like hiring, you know, like continuity specialists yeah. and like you know, <laughs> costume designers and all this, and I'm just like, no, I'm gonna do everything myself. And that was the beginning of it.
1: I wonder how
0: he envisioned it. He this is how he envisioned it, is that again we're at MoMA, so he's like talking about this, there's this big wall outside that I wanna say faces. 54th mm-hmm. and occasionally there are projections yeah. on that wall like artist thinks and he's like this is where your film is going to play on the side of MoMA
1: right
0: you know this is like your big film and it's going to be you know hundreds of thousands of dollars budget and you have to raise all yeah. this money and you're going to do this and this is going to like change everything <laughs> <laughs> he was ambitious for he you. was really really ambitious and and you know like like the most obnoxious kind of instigator right you know and really like yeah if you know him he's kind of old. he you know he wants to play art too yeah. he wants to be like in there like pushing artists like you should do this but it was nice because it started it started something and the 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 other thing that he we were he and I were talking about like how do you write start writing a story and, and um right around that time I I was about to go to Barcelona to work on a like a monoprint mm-hmm. at a printmaking studio. And I didn't totally know what I was going to do, but I remember being in Barcelona and just walking around for days and days, kind of like almost like avoiding doing the print and just listening to music and thinking of all of these stories that people have from like when they're in a band, you know, Yeah. and, um, and I thought like if I'm going to make this story about this band called the Dramastics and make this film about them, I'm going to, I would need all these like kind of you know anecdotes and vignettes and little things and I would just like be walking and I would stop and write something down like you know remember the time that like somebody got in an argument about tuning Mm -hmm. you know so that became a whole scene it was actually like nearly 10 minute long scene about an argument but with two people about tuning that I had to edit down to about five seconds (laughs) alternative tuning
1: yeah so that that um... that kind of Beginning of, well, it's not. I feel like your work has always seemed like the backdrop to a narrative that maybe wasn't played out. Yeah. But the titles the allude t- to the hypothetical narrative that could be happening. So, mm-hmm. was that something that was in the back of your mind from the get go that one day you might zoom in or get a little more kind of literal about those narratives? Or did he just happen to push the button that gave you that? license to be like, you know what, I'm going to start that. This
0: was like percolating, brewing over like probably a few years before that. Um, No, there was always this thing, you're right, like I would make these pieces that would, you know, they were kind of, there were these maps, I guess, in the beginning. They Mm -hmm. were like, you know, maps of places. And the titles would be these like run-on sentences packed with as many references to like tell some story about the place Mm -hmm. but then when you looked at the piece sometimes that information maybe wasn't there and as the as the work I was making became almost more austere and lost a lot of the like little tiny bits and pieces and it was almost these like toward the end of that series it was like these monochrome objects that looked like radio antennas Mm -hmm. but the titles got more and more kind of descriptive and crazy and it was almost like you know, a mini broadcast, like sometimes like a full paragraph long with like four sentences that we're talking all about, you know, like cross communications and coded language and espionage and all this. And I think right around then I started thinking there's a problem because the what I was saying in the title just like wasn't in the piece. And I thought something's wrong with that. And I started then making drawings of places. and I, And, and again, they had these really elaborate titles and they were about... Um, okay, it was the idea that, that the North Pole was melting and that then the north coast of Russia was now like beachfront mm-hmm. property, right? And there would be these old kind of like strychnine mines or like some kind of really dire industry that had been there at one point and that was kind of like, like rust belt. Mm-hmm. And, um, put that over there. And, uh, um, and then that, that was turned into like a Russian data mining operation. Mm-hmm. So there were like, now there was a kind of a story there, and it was like I had this thought, like maybe I'm writing a graphic novel, but in the, the, the visual part of the work itself, there were no people in it. It was just like a picture of a place, and I thought That's this is getting more frustrating. Like I need something. And one day I was drawing this little section of the drawing, and it was like, You know, um, it's like a kind of a Blade Runner kind of place, if you could imagine. And and, um, there was a part where there would be, like, the place where people would go after work and get into, like, you know, nightlife kind of thing of, like, bars and, like, you know, musical notes and champagne bottles and, like, strippers and this. And I made a little heart one day. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is this? Like, I've never put a heart in a piece before. And I just thought, like, whoa, that's kind of interesting. Like, Then all I wanted to do was draw hearts. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, I made a group of about four drawings that were like 24 by 36 inches of people mm-hmm. wearing uh, kind of like crazy costumes and, and drew party dresses and capes and hats. And it was in this really theatrical setting. And... Then there was like no story. I didn't know what to say about them. I didn't know who they were, but it was like I'd never drawn the figure before. Yeah. And I thought, I I really want to animate this somehow and have this be a story. And who are these people? And I, and like I wasn't very good at drawing the figure. And I would like the hands and the feet were always missing, or they would just like trail off into points. And I thought that looked kind of like dandyish or something like mm-hmm. that. And and um, and it was it was a little unclear who was like male or female and like you know maybe everyone's wearing a dress and everyone's wearing a cape and they're always having uh weapons of some kind like swords or rifles um
1: and were but, they separated from the landscape or were they no they were a part of they it?
0: looked like they were actors on a stage yeah um, and uh so yeah like i um and then I think at that point, that was when I was really like, I need a story and I want to animate them. And right in that moment is when I had that interaction with uh, my friend Christoph and in, 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 in the museum. And he was like, You should make a film. And then there was this abrupt shift from like, something that was maybe, you know, like I didn't know quite who those actors were, but then I thought, OK, now I'm going to make this thing about a band. Yeah. Um,
1: now, when you're a kid, are you sitting in your room drawing or thinking of these made up narratives or stories? Or were you?
0: Was that something you were interested in? Oh yeah, that's are cool. Yeah, those are those, are those drawings. The uh, yeah, when I was when I was a kid, I was making these things called setups, mm-hmm. which were which were like I would take all of my toys and um, and put them and I mean it would be like a like an amazing mix of all these different kinds of things and like rocks and twigs and you know adventure people and Legos and and I mean it was just like all together and I would make a kind of a landscape for them. And then, of course, acting out a whole story by myself. Um, so you're you're doing something similar. Oh yeah, I'm doing exactly the same thing I did when I was eight. <laughs> Just And a that's a, that scale. is a, that's <laughs> an aggressive like I am headed in that direction. Right. And um, <laughs> so look out. Yeah. Yeah, because even like
1: back in the school days, you were making kind of what seemed to be sculptures of that. Like, when I was 12 years old, I yeah, would have loved to have been in that environment yeah, yeah, or yeah. building like that. It's kind of yeah, like yeah. that joyous... where it just has a look of, you know... Of play. A, of joyous play, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and excitement play like, of color and, yeah. and the rhythm of it. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of... I don't know. There's a pace to it that's not... It, it feels like... Not punk, but, you know,
0: it's not going by anyone else's rules. No. I mean, yeah, the way I would make... I remember having this visiting artist. It was actually um, it was actually Joe Scanlon who came mm-hmm. into my studio and he was like he's like the way that you make things is ruthless and I thought okay <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> that sounded good and I think what it was, was that I just didn't I didn't have the patience for um, I just had to make stuff like yeah. and it had to happen right now. Right. You know? um, immediacy. Yeah yeah immediacy and, and the energy that goes along with that you know just the way that think that like children put Children make connections between things when they play, without a lot of like they're not worried about like is is this part of this kind of toy and this set and um, they just put it all together. Yeah, that's the beauty. Mm -hmm. It's kind
1: of like when they figure out. I talk about this with kids a lot. With when they make art. When they figure out how to sort of play with color and material. Yeah. But they're not self-conscious about it yet. No. So it's at a just, gorgeous moment. Yeah. It's they just pure, do stuff. And then it gets they, they,
0: And they just decide <laughs> things. Like, that's a, you know, those are the, like, the, like, jet engines in the back of the turtle that make it fly. And, you know, they just, they label things. and Right. They just assign meaning to stuff. Yeah. And it that is ruthless. If you want to talk about ruthless, right. that is, like, yeah.
1: Yeah, my my son right now is in the phase of doing these battle drawings. Yes, that every time he does one, I think of your work. Like I think of your sculptures and like some of that. I'm early tr- work. I'm
0: trying to make work like your son, then <laughs> you know.
1: But they play out like the the drawing is a narrative. Yeah. it's like this group starts shooting. This At one builds group. a wall.
0: Yeah,
1: and and they're all color coded. Mm-hmm. There's like this logic to it. Yeah but yeah. it's all made up and I don't know it's just yeah, yeah. and at the end of it it's like you can't make out anything because all the the battle part of it the action yeah. it's almost like Pollock
0: it looks like action yeah. right it has an all over yeah. quality to it right you know
1: but it's an amazing kind of well it's you know it's performative A yeah. and yeah. B it's just a, a collection of recorded marks of yeah. of activities yeah. you know what I mean
0: it makes you kind of wish you could also record what they were saying you know because they're like right. well, they're drawing and they're talking mm-hmm and that would be an amazing thing to kind of have that, you know, that chronicle.
1: That narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, you know, this the work that you're doing, these these sort of sculptures here, um, they're a little more formal in nature. So yeah. is it something that you're playing
0: around with as, like... It's like a do it line to yeah. do it all kind of thing, yeah, I mean, you see that bla- that round black piece yeah. that looks like a kind of a handmade radio antenna yeah that was that was the moment when they were kind of like you know they were like these monochrome sorts of things that looked like radio equipment yeah and i and there was one day when I made them with a lot of color, and I thought, wow, that is like a celebration, and um I think it was around that time that I started seeing these you know like when um is it Princess Kate, mm-hmm. You know, like the last big royal wedding, and she had this. Wait, was it her? It was all the bridesmaids. I want to say had this insane sculpture on the front of their head that was a Philip Tracy. They were called hats or Mm -hmm. hatinators or fascinators, and it was like it just seemed like an excessive thing to put there. And I remember those are really those were almost like weird. Like they were really (laughs) intense looking, and um, and but then. Princess Kate is kind of known for wearing these hat-nators that are these kind of very, you know, like a little hat, just like barely perched right in the front of her forehead that have this, I think they just have this kind of great appearance. And then I started thinking about that and and wanting to make small sculptures that people could wear right on their head like Mm -hmm. a fascinator. And then as I was making them, they would just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's what those things are Then the... um, like those things you that. were saying, you saw at freeze. Those were yeah. Those are fascinators. Yeah. And usually when I'm making them, I'm I have a kind of an idea. It's like they're a gift for somebody I know who mm-hmm. kind of like needs a fascinator. Right. You know. And then you obviously you know that's like nine feet tall. You can't wear yeah. that on your forehead, but it's a nice. You know. Usually that person's something maybe about that person's uh, uh, like their name or something might be incorporated into the title somehow. Right. Um,
1: you know, I also. Um, yeah, and you're drawing, you're mixing together these sort of form, more formal drawings seemingly to, you know, straight up portraits in a way yeah, of yeah, these, yeah. Ima- I'm guessing they're imagined
0: characters. These are, yeah, yeah. yeah. These, you mean these big figure drawings yeah. of, of, of the, um, the women with fangs.
1: Yeah, so yeah. are they, do they come together at any point? Or is it more this, the relationship between them? You show them together, I
0: imagine. you mean I show well I try to show everything all together all at once yeah everything because I think there's something about like yeah showing these kind of very colorful abstractions a pinata the film all the sets from the film um, maybe like something about like a little bar where you can get drinks and like some pictures of skirts and dresses scarves hats hatinators, jewelry Mm -hmm. um what else? Shoes. Oh you know, just kind of everything. Yeah. And it's like I, I kind of and this point where I wanna I wanna tell the whole story. Right. Like right now. You know, like here's here's what I make. It's like a um it's like come see how I am like what I'm thinking about.
1: Right. You know? So what do you How how's it feel when you do show work like you did at Freeze where there's a couple pieces that are kind of
0: on their own? Not good. <laughs> it's like not the idea yeah because I just want to be like wait and there's this other thing and this other thing you yeah. know? it would be like making you know like having a big di- like imagine having a huge dinner party and then you have this whole giant menu planned and you're, it's like you know really ambitious and you really care about it and then for some reason all you have are like the ice cubes that you're going to have for the drink <laughs> and you're kind of like this isn't That's not this, like this I want to show yeah like it's you know imagine a, imagine a, a, a figure skater only being able to do a little portion of their performance and they're like wait but I can do all these other moves but all you saw is this one spinning thing Yeah. and um, no I just I, right now I kind of want to show it all which is right. you know there are some people who believe that when you go look at a piece of art that you're supposed to be in a certain kind of place where it's upstairs <laughs> um, you're supposed to be in a certain kind of place where you can put a piece on a wall like a white wall Surrounded by lots of other white walls, mm-hmm. and have like a very focused kind of look at something, you know. In the way, I guess, when you listen to a piece of music, if you want to really concentrate on it, maybe you don't hear like subway cars and honking right. and whatever. Like that, that you can just listen to something, or when you're reading the same kind of thing, you know, that you can really focus on it. And I, um, I, I like it all. You know, yeah. I like the honking horns and, and, and the smells of like the, you know, like when you, when you go to a rock concert, the smell of the like, the like cigarettes and mm-hmm. pot and sweat and, you know, beer the, uh, the like, yeah beer yeah. on the floor and like the electrical amps sizzling and yeah. all that, that just those smells and the sounds and the, and the kind of, you know, the feeling of people like bouncing off each other, like all that's like a whole thing. It's a, it's a big Abstraction.
1: Yeah. You know? It's hard when when to distill that out. And I would imagine certain people like that's if people know your work and they know what you do, it's kind of they, they, they can see that. Like when I go see a piece of yours by itself, yeah. I know the context. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people who see that work who may not have seen the shows and think, Oh, this is just you know, that's another frustrating yeah. thing too. Like like I, I love showing animation with painting. Yeah. And collage, and because right, right, right. I feel like it all kind of informs each other, you know. Sure. But, yeah. but when it gets isolated, it's it's kind of you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's but, like a, a there's a dissatisfaction. Yeah. Like as um yeah what's her name? I'll think of that quote in a minute. But Agnes DeMille Agnes de said there's like artists have a queer dissatisfaction and like not not being able to always make the work that they want to make or present it the way they want to make it. Right.
1: Well, I, I guess there's certain group shows though that are interested like it feeds the work or you know there's a really yeah. good communication like kind of like being on a mix yeah CD. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah a mix CD or, you or know, wait anything. I guess those
1: don't exist anymore no they, they, they <laughs> there's no be. more mixtapes <laughs> I know it's sad yeah or I guess a mix Spotify playlist <laughs> yeah you could have that you could but you know, that. know hearing yeah. other bands in relation to your bands can sometimes yeah 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 really yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I don't I mean, know I still try to make those
0: mixes. Um, No, but, I mean, the mix is exactly it. I mean, this is like, a um, it tells a story. Mm -hmm. You know, when you hear, or it's like a body of work. Like, you see all these things, and I think that all of these things together tell a story. Yeah.
1: And it does, I guess, in a broader sense to our work in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the story of this in relation to people in art history that you were influenced by or that that the work, like the Saunier booth that was next to, or Mm -hmm. one down or two down from music. I was linking together your pieces and the song and pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was a really amazing yeah, yeah like you know group of work so it's I guess that happens in people's minds regardless yep. and you you're they just, make connections yeah you know? you're just trying to kind of show them what your interests are and what you're yeah, up yeah, yeah. to yeah, yeah so when did you so you started playing music when you were really young
0: i was um I was well not that young I was in eighth grade not enough and i I remember going to a um uh, store. I was. This is. In, I grew up in Cambridge, in Massachusetts, and I was going to like a. I think it was like Daddy's Junkie Music Store mm-hmm. in Boston, and walking in the door and saying, like, I want a, a bass guitar, like Nicky Six from Motley Crue plays <laughs> bass. a bass, and they and they sold me a bass, a bass, like yeah. I remember it was like a like probably like a ninety nine dollar red bass that looked like a Fender P bass. It was kind of, you know, like right. an imitation. Right. And I had that for years and years. And I would, I remember taking lessons and bringing in Motley Crue songs to the lessons and being like, I don't want to read music. I just want to know this song. Right. Called, you know, yeah, like shout at the devil. Like, yeah. show me how to play this song. And they would just show <laughs> me. And, um, and that's kind of how I learned.
1: Yeah. So it was like kind of like rock and roll learning.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So you were problem. always kind of into rock and roll? Or punk. Loved or...
0: it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. Not so much. Um, yeah, I think <clears throat> I mean, my earliest musical memories are a lot of John Lee Hooker played in the house. And mm-hmm. I remember going, being in Berkeley, California. My parents took me to see John Lee Hooker. And my, at, after his set, my dad put me on stage. And then John Lee Hooker was like, here, sit on my lap. And well. I remember sitting on his lap, and I remember so well that he smelled like beer. And I just thought, this is <laughs> yeah, a real strong smell. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How old were you? Oh, you know, like four years old. Oh, man. You know? And I'll just never forget that, like being in that a small theater in Berkeley and seeing him play and just the, the noise of it. You yeah. know? And at that time, that would have been 1974. And so the, his act at that time would have been a pretty big group. I mean, right. big group on stage, yeah. really loud. And, um, and the Bay Area, you know, you can just imagine the, yeah. whole, the whole setting. And then I remember, um, you know, like discovering Kiss and going to a public library and checking out the album called Love Gun and taking it <laughs> home. It yeah, just like, you know, like, Vinyl. here, i like to check this out. And I, was, I remember taking it home and listening for When Gene Simmons Breathed Fire on oh, the yeah. record. And of course it's <laughs> not there. I'm like, wait, was that it? Was that it? Yeah. And being frustrated by that. Um, Just, you know, like, because they're so visual. And and when you listen to the record, you know, luckily it was an LP, so you could look at the back and see them in a room with like all of these, them in costume, and they were in some kind of like crazy backstage area with all these women with not very much clothing on. And I thought that whole scene was so intriguing. Yeah. You know, it's funny how that builds your image too, because they didn't really have videos. No they did well they you, did but you couldn't see them you right. know like maybe if you were lucky enough to catch the you know like the, the KISS Christmas concert special yeah. and you happened to be watching you could see what they looked like right. when they walked but you know
1: it wasn't all in your fair You know, no. you couldn't see it that easily. It I remember sick. there was a Van Halen record that had David Lee Roth split, jumped. Up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, I just thought that's what he did the entire time. Yeah, you play. just thought that that's how he just <laughs> helicoptered around, and that's Exploded. he never put his
0: legs together. <laughs> oh, but amazing. you know those, those images, yeah. like yeah, the, yeah. The,
1: the Michael Jackson thriller, when you open up with the tiger? Yeah. That was a huge
0: image in my sure, life. Sure, sure. Like, that's, you know, and if you think about, like, what the... Outtakes of that photo yeah. shoot must have looked like with him being like here Tiger come right. here. And, uh, no, you know you know this film the the uh, Dogtown and Z Boys the yeah. skateboarding yeah, one yeah. where where like Henry Rollins is talking about living on the East Coast mm-hmm. and looking at Skateboarder magazine and seeing these photographs and uh, and that they didn't see the move they only saw still images of skateboarders mm-hmm. and they're just inhaling these photographs like we want to do this, like, I want, I want that, I want that look, and I want to be able to do that, but they couldn't actually see the guy skateboarding in a pool, it was just like a black and white photograph of, you know, Jay Adams pulling a grind or something, yeah, um, or Eddie
1: Ogato O'Gara carving I mean, those are, these are
0: frustrating things, but I mean, I think there's like, there's a lot of imagination that goes on in that moment, there's a lot of creating your own idea of what happened, or.
1: Well that's there's a beauty to that, especially nowadays, it's so easy to see everything, yes, you know what I mean? So yeah. the mystique or not knowing or and that can even be built into it. so mm-hmm. it's like with your work going to see it, you're not even yeah. those narrative kind of um you know scenes of where something plays out mm-hmm. it, you're left to wonder, and the, t- the titles, you know yeah, yeah. It, it kind of asks it helps a little bit. Yeah, yeah. it does. Um, what about film? Were you into like one movie that I think of when I saw that was um, Weekend, you know, Godard. Yeah, and like the idea of like the cutouts and the band Things and the fours, happened. like yeah, yeah, just
0: the the general chaos. You know, it's funny you mentioned that the 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 Weekend, the um, Monsieur Monsieur Hulot's Holiday would have With. been. You know, like like Jacques Tati, like yes. that's I like that kind of chaos for in my film. I mean, you know, I was telling someone the other day about, um, like, when I was in art school, there were these films that the Wong Kar Wai series, like Fallen Angels, Chunking Express, and all them. Those were huge. Those were huge, and they were, like, they they had the same pacing as a music video. Yeah. And they were just so cool-looking with this, like, who's the cinematographer? Conan Doyle or something like Mm -hmm. this. And, um, yeah, I remember, like, my friend Jedediah Caesar was, he was the first one who was like, you got to see this film. And I remember going on a bus down to New York City, to Chinatown, to go into like some little basement video shop where you could buy those VHS tapes for $5 a piece. And we would like get them and then, you know, like eat some dumplings and get back on the bus and go back to Boston and have like a screening with all of our friends and watching this. And I mean, everyone is just like, you know, ass edge of seat
1: yeah.
0: staring at this, Incredible, like you know, neighborhood in Hong Kong with all of its color and everything, and it's just the film, the way that film is cut and shot, and the music—it's just so. There's a lot of abstraction there, yeah. and I swear everyone got up from that screening and like went to their studios and made things right. that was somehow related to that in some way. It's kind of like when you're a kid and you go see The Empire Strikes Back and you race home and start making battle drawings. Yeah, you know, build your same. Legos yeah, and like get yeah, out your totally. fake just that, lightsabers. That, you need those things, you know. Those yeah, co-
1: yeah. Fuel for whatever right. you know, whether it's coffee or a great movie yeah, or yeah. a new record, yeah, or whatever it is. I think artists do that all the time. You're oh, just yeah. constantly you looking things. for that, right? That and going around and seeing work that you
0: like. Yeah, it's just we'll give anything. you that. Yeah, sometimes that it's energy. artwork, sometimes it's design, dance, music. For me, it's a lot of music. Really. Yeah, it's like, and and maybe and maybe like certain kinds of social interactions.
1: Right that's one of the hardest things I think of being an artist is like the energy maintaining the energy yeah you know and that because especially like living in New York it'll try to take it out of you
0: sure if you have to go to seven birthday parties in a week and, i mean i love birthday parties everything but. it's funny dad life that yeah 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 bro yeah. <laughs> right, well, you're thinking of the kids birthday parties that's like a whole other oh thing. you're talking about yeah. oh i'm talking about just birthday parties oh i don't go to children. those anymore i just go to. Them. you <laughs> yeah. just have to go to <laughs> the, the <weekend> Saturday. <laughs> right at uh carmelo the science fellow on yeah Kansas exactly Avenue or um, what is the bounce you Bounce you, right, right, right. Scholastic the worst, the Store, worst whatever it is. Pizza you know. ever? <laughs> Those are the real. Those are the buzz real buzzkills. skills, buzz yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, actually, about that, I keep running into this artist. It's happened like I think at three different birthday parties recently, uh, named Johannes Vanderbeek. Oh yeah. And yeah. we always are like, thank God you're here because <laughs> we can talk about you know, yeah. whatever. Something, and, um, besides, something besides like waking like, up early yeah, how to like dismantle a stroller or, <laughs> you know, um, no, that's really cool, but um, um anyway, yeah yeah
1: yeah, so whenever it comes to uh you know building that, I guess transitioning from what I was thinking about the films that you know that, uh, the film that you're making and then the work that you're making, the one question I have about when you're doing like say that film mm-hmm. is Formally, like things that you're doing, movement, yeah. like drawing elements in that. Because yeah. there were, I saw some things in there that, you know, then take me – they make me see this in a different way. Yeah. Does it fuel – does that sort of fuel the, the formal ways that you're making things too?
0: I think what – I think – um, okay, when I made this – I had this kind of sense, like, I'm just going to make this thing. And I, and it, I knew that it was going to look completely different than anything I'd ever made before. Yeah. But then it's always through my filter. So there's always decisions about color. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just like, you know, the, maybe the the placement of, of different sizes of objects or something. Like, if you look at an airport, an airport has, you know, terminals, airplanes, people, the follow-me car, the catering truck, the... Um, you know the little baggage things, yeah. like you know if you look at those great Fishley and Vice video or, uh, um, photos of airports, oh, like, there's yeah, just this incredible kind of like thing about there's all these different sized objects, mm-hmm. and they and you need all of them to kind of create a sense of place. It's almost like a Barry Le drawing, but with everything filled in. Right. And um, um, when I was making the film, yeah, it all kind of goes through that. You know, it has that it has that same sense of organization, mm-hmm. but. You know, I would have to make like a recording console or amplifiers or drum kits and things like that. And I would just make them blindly, which I thought was a great kind of thing of not having to think so much about, you know, what color am I going to use here? And what, except like, there was nothing precision about it. It was yeah. kind of like, this is a fucking red drum kit. And yeah. there's a fire extinguisher on the front and a gas mask because Alex Van Halen had that too. And that's what I'm going to do. Right. You know, and it was a much more kind of like, Free way of working.
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm almost jealous of that kind of approach too. Because when I work, everything has to be so structured, and I don't know. Even, even the improvisation that I do do in my work, which is limited and kind of contextualized, it's 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 ordered in a way too.
0: It, and then, and but your as, work has to look like that otherwise it wouldn't be people would be confused you yeah, know I like know. that's not a Brian Alford painting it's all it's like crazy it's like what, out is, of whack, what happened you know I don't know I mean there's just um, you know back to Wong Kar Wai I guess he was making before he made Chunking Express I think I had read some quote of his that he had made a series of very very meticulous quiet precision Crafted uh, period pieces mm-hmm. you know like r- like the costumes had to be just right and I think the whole thing was sort of you know everything was so controlled yeah. that I think he wanted to then make something that was just like bang boom yeah. you know like a kind of a rock'em sock'em something yeah. and that's the when he made the Chungking Express right. and, um, and I and and it shows in that yeah. like, like it just, he just he, he wung it he blew it up in a yeah, way yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, Well, one of my favorite movies is Tati's Playtime.
0: Yeah. And it's
1: so composed. Yeah. But it's also the absurdity of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's almost like, and I think a lot of what I'm interested in is like what our space, like what we do, says about us as people. Yeah. Like how it reflects on us. And that movie. That movie is, it's, yeah, you're
0: right, it's quiet. It There's a the beauty goes, to it. Oh,
1: absolutely! The color is amazing. It's yeah. so all these grays with like little pops of like an elevator yeah.
0: light becomes like an important like a thing, a big thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that. It's that thing you have to kind of that that movie needed that kind of space or tone to it. It had to have this totally, almost like a silent film, just so you could hear, you know, like a, you know, like a spring and a door or like mm-hmm. in playtime there's that amazing scene where the, there's someone who walks by with a suitcase yeah. and it's so quiet that you can hear the baggage tag going like right. you know like it's just going yeah yeah and that's all you hear and it's just like you're sitting there going that's amazing you yeah know, I'll have that That's it's like
1: drawing with film yeah, 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 yeah. and sound yeah, yeah. which yeah I guess there's room for both you know it's kind sure. of like I mean I love Coltrane and Ornette Coleman and that yeah. kind of Boundless expression and exploring, and yeah, yeah. you know. But then there's something about Chet Baker. It's like the the sigh in before he starts singing, or right, the the, right. the the time between the notes yeah, that yeah, becomes yeah. really amazing. They're different. Yeah, they're yeah. like totally different approaches to the same kind of uh, enjoyment of ex- of expression in a yeah. way, you know. Which is hard to put your finger on, but I guess you just have to listen to your own intuitive ways of making. Yeah. Which it seems like you've been able to do seemingly from when you were a kid till now Yeah, you know Tried. and has it been difficult to set up this sort of laboratory of like studio space and like to set it seems like you're pro- even from when we were in school you know you,
0: you had a big studio but it was a big thing that you were doing it wasn't like that was probably the first time yeah was that's that? when, when it and, happened and yeah, we were in school together and I had this studio I think it was the second year the first year, I was traumatized by a variety of things. The second year, it was like I started playing music in my studio mm-hmm. with Matthew Rone. Like, we were, like, playing what we thought was, like, the best rock and roll music that had ever been played, ever. Yeah. You know, it was just me on bass and him on drums. Like, we were just convinced that this was, like, incredible. Yeah. And, 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 and that was a kind of like a nighttime thing. And then, yeah, you know, like, I was making these slideshows of just all these, these photos that I'd, I'd seen, you know, in magazines and, and books and stuff like that that I loved. And that was a different activity. Um, there, was, there was a lot of, yeah, there was a lot of playing. There was, like, cardboard box cities and mm-hmm. um, other kinds of sculptures. There were these kind of, like, Formula One race car things. But, yeah, that was probably the very beginning when I had, like, four different projects going at the same time. I think someone had said to me around that time like you just have to do it all. Yeah. You know.
1: And you were that was I would imagine maybe the first time you had that much space to accomplish yeah. that because yeah, you do exactly. need as a sculptor. You have to have some you have room to have
0: space of some kind either mental or physical right. or something. I think yeah, it was Martin Kersells who said yeah. that, you know, when he was like I remember asking him like does it, you know, like, yeah, it was he was I know what it was. He was falling I'm mm-hmm. down those amazing yeah, photographs. Yeah, those photographs and and he said to me because I think I showed him um, some sculptures that were very kind of formal or something and then I was also showing him these pages from Richard Scarry children's books yeah, yeah. and saying like I want to do this too and he was like well what's stopping you you know mm-hmm. and and I thought like oh yeah you're right like, I can just do it, do it all, all. Yeah, yeah 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 just like not finished I can't finish anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't it's Another <laughs> glaring
1: difference is that I like to do one thing yeah, yeah. it's not like I'll do animation and painting at the same time, but as far as a painting is concerned, like oh, yeah. I have to do one and finish it because it wouldn't look like a Brian
0: Alvin <laughs> painting unless it was had that. No, you know, I feel it like, has to have that
1: I feel like I'll start using the colors from this one and that one if I do them at the same time. like I want yeah. each one to be its own thing. its own world: oh. yeah. it's a real pain in the ass because then yeah. well it's okay because I can't have a I've never had a sprawling space to work, yeah, and it doesn't really. I don't think that would be good for me because yeah. I, I tend to work tight,
0: and yeah. like in one small thing. It's but, like you dial it in. Yeah, it's like a there, it's like a hot rod that's being you know, like it's the it's that kind of project where you start it and you're just going to do it. You're going to have an unflinching aesthetic the whole way through, and not get distracted, and have a and have something really really meaningful at the end, like so valuable to you in a way. And it's like, my car looks like the car from, um, I just, you know, it looks like, yeah, uh, what is it, Dennis Quaid's, what's the movie about bicycling, bicycle racing from Indianapolis or Indiana, about the cutters. Oh, I I know what you're talking about.
1: um, I'm dying. That's That's your car?
0: That's my car. You remember Dennis Quaid's like rusted out, you know, like car with like dragster wheels in the back and it's like a fucking mess. It's put together (laughs) with rivets and and um, yeah
1: that's the, the,
0: the yeah I feel like maybe mine's more Breaking like, Away
1: oh break yeah, yeah, yeah. great
0: mine's, movie mine's like the car that little model car that you paint yeah just that. right you know what I mean and I've always been jealous of that kind of you know like someone's ability to kind of see something through and not take shortcuts mm-hmm. and, and everything but I just don't have the patience you know like I need it now Yeah, but I think you would probably lose some of that energy. Totally. You know? Yeah, yeah.
1: It's kind of like these things are filled with like energy and life and movement and they just feel like it's almost like if if they were bound, you know, that would just stop it
0: in a way. You know, is the one I think they would make them flat. Like even those fascinators that you saw, the ones that are just on a single pane of aluminum, like those feel that when I made those I finished them and I thought, Wow, they feel really flat You know, it's just like they're so resolved looking mm-hmm. that the second group these uh, these ones that looked like they're more like a crazy collage of of um, like someone took a chainsaw to a whiteboard yeah. And, yeah. and then made something yeah. better and out of them it together. yeah, 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 yeah. Um,
1: do you are you a fan of the artist Robert Goodenough I don't know you gotta I gotta show you some of his stuff okay. it's just yeah. he's an artist I feel like well he's in museums you'll see his work here and there yeah. but um I think a little bit overlooked, okay. but um, amazing dynamic. Like you know, a lot of collaging going on and stuff. And is that one behind you, collage? This one? Yeah. no, yeah. this the
0: dress one. The skirt. The um, skirt, yeah. Uh, no, it's. This it's is this all painted? It's all painted. Yeah. I don't know if I have any. Um, I have some collage. I just this. It's funny because last week, if you had come over here, this entire wall was full of. Collages. Oh really? Little like really small ones on yeah. paper. But I don't. Um,
1: you do so do much my... uh, painting and drawing. I do.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which and is you kind of always funny.
1: have right because back at, back in the day you mm-hmm. were making those drawings that you would make your own frames for. right? Yeah yeah yeah
0: exactly. Oh god that's so funny those frames people keep asking me about those recently because I think they're all falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking you. Well yeah those are those are funny <laughs> because know. they were like I couldn't afford. Well, I didn't have the patience to make actual frames so I would just like put a piece of plexiglass over the drawing yeah. with like double stick foam tape and paint a faux frame on mm-hmm. the front with um, gray Yeah, I started those when we were in school. And you're getting to the
1: calls like,
0: hey, my frame. Frame is sort of like coming loose. (laughs) What do you do? Do you show up with a... uh, I try A toolkit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I will. I will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I gave those to a lot of people as gifts. And so I feel like I kind of owe it to them. A gift should be forever. Right. I should go fix their thing. (laughs) (laughs) Show up with a little repair kit. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And then you're doing... Do you do a lot of watercolor too? I have been, yeah. I... I, uh, one of the things that I did, I don't have them here, I'll just show you a picture of them. Um, I started, I started, wait, hold on. Um, yeah, around the time that I started making um, pictures, like drawings of, of party dresses and things like this, I, um, I started painting with, oh, with yeah. dye on silk, like creptochine silk, like jacket mm-hmm. liner material. And I want. I was like amazed by how soft and out of control those forms were. Like yeah. the way that the dye, you know, like four different kinds of like maybe pink and a light green and a yellow and a purple and a lavender and a magenta and a and a and, you know like another colored pink. Always very light pink. When the colors would meet, you know, the way that in watercolor that the water, two different colors sort of explode into each other. Yeah. And I loved that. How kind of I. I could and both both could and couldn't control what was happening right. with those. Um, yeah, and I liked league. how soft the forms were mm-hmm. too. Um, yeah, no. To answer your question about drawing and painting, yeah, I've always done that, and I've always somehow called myself a sculptor. Yeah. But um, and I think that's just a way of saying like I do it all. Yeah, I mean these sculptures are just giant collages. That's all they are, and they're, they're flat too. They're two so, D. Yeah. yeah. They're. I mean, yeah. I. Yeah. I remember someone once coming over from the uh, the sculpture center here in New York and saying, "Like, I thought you made sculpture," and I was kind of like, uh, <laughs> "I I'm I could make some." <laughs> it was like oh, that yeah. was like one of the one of the yeah that was kind of a tough studio visit. <laughs> but did you have pieces like this? No, I didn't. Oh. Yeah, well, sort of. I had those map pieces that were like meant yeah. to go on the wall, and they just those they, are totally sculptures. They, yeah, to me, they were sculptures, but not to this person they're like no they're or... supposed to be here yeah you're supposed to be able to walk around them that's the rule like <laughs> yeah. if you can't walk around it it's not, it's sculpture. not sculpture yeah yeah. are there a lot of um, like quote
1: unquote sculptors that do sort of work on the wall that you're into or that you're influenced by I mean there's you know Calder, Miro there's names that pop up that I think of yeah, yeah. when I see shapes and space,
0: yeah, colors and shapes I mean those are sort of my old friends you know those yeah. people but yeah I mean you know like um when I like, if I think about a like, like Mark Suberose earlier pieces mm-hmm. with the with the, the all this wood, found wood and metal that he would find probably down by the docks and wherever he was dragging it up from, and um, you know if, like from the streets. And then if I look at that and like a Franz Klein painting, yes. I think of those as having a lot of the same kinds of rules right. of almost mm-hmm. like calligraphic, like lines intersecting, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> sculptures that go on the walls. There is this. There is this uh, Ellsworth Kelly piece that he made. I want to say it was for a Chase Bank, mm-hmm. a long time ago. And I remember going into like maybe Matthew Marks Gallery and seeing a a model of that, like a little maquette that he made. Was oh, it the one with yeah? The, all those oh, like yeah, sort of amazing. offset little panels were angled, angled, right? Yeah. And it would be like it's like three colors. Yeah. You know, it's like the, there's a, a, like brushed aluminum. And then maybe like a white painted aluminum mm-hmm. and then just little bits of like red, yellow and blue. Yeah. You know, just almost a like 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 a kind of a little whisper reference to Bauhaus or Dischtiel or something yeah. like this. And um and I thought and I remember really looking at that piece and thinking like, wow this color is so subtle. Yeah. Like if you put one too many pieces of red in, you've you know, you've ruined the soup. Yeah kind of thing. You've
1: revealed your hand. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Well, red grooms too. Do you mm-hmm. like red grooms? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, obviously, yeah. it's a little it's a little more Richard scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than for sure Calder, but I mean, there's a certain those things could you know the diorama things can get kind of flat, but expand. I was yeah. I feel like um, one of the things I really love about the the physicality of these. Mm. Besides the scale of it, because even here, it looks like you did a little maquette or something here with the collage. Or yeah, like, this, is,
0: yeah. Right, this is an actual collage.
1: Yeah, so there the one the, one thing I love about these is they look quote-unquote flat, but they're actually really deep because they're right on top of each other. You know, it's it's kind of like a critique I hear about my work a lot is that it's super flat, or people think it's really flat. Until you see it in person, there's all these little... Layers that are built yeah. up. Well, next you see to each them because
0: you're 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 making those, like you're sculpting those layers. Yeah. You know, you're adding a little color. I actually, it's funny, cause I saw an Instagram of yours the other day, which I think is a detail of I don't know what, like maybe some windows or something. Oh yeah yeah. And you really see all these like little shapes. How right. they you have to have that in order to get to that. Um, it sounds like a jet. It does. It's take something's it's taking off. It's totally 12. just like somebody rolling something around. <laughs> Yeah, I live near a NATO air base. Or something <laughs> that Belgium. sounds cool. Yeah, here we are in Belgium.
1: Right. Um, yeah, I, that's why I like to show details sometimes, because yeah, yeah. you can see that they're right. built. I think of them almost like collages or prints yeah, yeah. in a way.
0: I know, because like, I think when you see your work from far away, you don't, you don't notice the hand so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that I, I liked seeing that post that you did, because it's like, oh, these are really by hand. They're real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I
1: know, I think it's an important part of it, but yeah, yours really have the hand yeah. and the play in them, which is great so um, what what's coming up for you, what do you have coming down the pipe?
0: So yeah, so like I said, it took me about three years to make this film and all the stage sets and develop the characters and then, you know, filming it and during the I would say last six months when I was actually like really trying to learn how to use a camera. Mm-hmm. Like, I to this day, I don't. If you had said to me, like, what's ISO or mm-hmm. F stop, I yeah. still couldn't tell you. Um, I had a really two really amazing pieces of advice one uh, from uh, uh, f- a friend of mine who's a curator named Kelly Taxter, who said, just wing it. Yeah. And then my friend Katie Murray, a photographer, said, don't forget that the camera is your bitch. <laughs> and and I thought great you know I can just I can just wing it and just kind of push this camera around like and not worry about you know things and and um and about yeah so so uh, right around this time and I also realized I didn't know how to use an editing program mm-hmm. and like my garage band skills weren't very good with the music and I was just, like the whole thing was really overwhelming just to add to that this like a a museum in Denver, Colorado called the Museum of Contemporary Art Mm -hmm. uh, um, kind of run by a gentleman named Adam Lerner Mm -hmm. who's the the director and chief animator at the MCA. He was like, let's do a show but not just show the film, like let's show absolutely everything that you've made for three years. Mm -hmm. And not only that, we're going to show the dinner parties that you have, we're gonna have the dinner parties. We're gonna have a dance party, and would you do the music for the film? So it was kind of like this enormous, you know. It was just like a, a, like the term exposure, you yeah. know. Like I was exposed, as in like pants down, right? You know, just like everything. everything. and it was that was a kind of a really heavy thing. The, the nice part about it, it wasn't, it wasn't where I lived, you know, mm-hmm. to you know, yeah. do that, and so, um, probably around that time when I was kind of getting getting that show together uh Casey Kaplan was the gallery where I show here in New Mm -hmm. York since 2000 he asked me to make a show and then we started talking about how to do what I did in Denver but in a way that would be make more sense in his gallery yeah and 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 talking about almost like two different groups of people like the kind of people that would go into his gallery and maybe like me having a desire to make something for my artist friends, right. and sort of trying to figure out this balance of how to do that, and so um, I'm going to show this film and all the dioramas, and then everything that I've made since I made the film mm-hmm. in his gallery, and it opens on June uh, 23rd.
1: Nice.
0: Um, and we're gonna, yeah, I'll, I'll screen the film there. I think it's the second time it's ever played in New York City, um, and and we're gonna have uh, um, um, at the end a closing party probably like late July. I'm gonna guess the last week of July and there'll be a, we're gonna perform the music mm-hmm. from from the film in the gallery. And just some there's something about bringing punk rock into that particular space. Yeah. It's something I'm dying to do and I'm terrified to do it. <laughs> and it's like it's just wrong. Yeah. Just the way <laughs> punk rock should be right. you know? um But I'm gonna do it. Yeah. So yeah. It's gonna be great. I almost was gonna do it at the opening and I there was I had so much anxiety about I mean, that music is loud. Yeah. It's really, really loud. And I was like, I'm gonna scare away a lot of people who were not expecting this to happen, and I don't know if I want to do that. So right. I'm going to do that at the closing. Closing, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just a little know. more friendly. Yeah, a that. little bit more friendly. You yeah, know? Um, I think when less uh, formal.
1: When uh, Richard Phillips had Black Dice play at his opening, it yeah. was like much later.
0: Like right, 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 right. <laughs> it Drove out mm-hmm. a few people. I'm sure, which is yeah. pretty yeah. great. Yeah, <laughs> that's you know sometimes you have to do it. Yeah, but I want you know I I don't want anyone to be I don't want to scare anybody right to that on that day you know no, just try them on the to, way out yeah to scare right. them the yeah. film itself is scary enough there's a lot of they curse a lot these do. women yeah that's not four year old friendly it, no but you know what it's I will say this about I've shown this film to four year olds and they <laughs> love they love it when people say fuck in the film because they don't get to hear that that often and they they go ballistic like yeah. they go they get so excited and smiling and laughing like that just happened you know I can't believe that that just happened on a film and it's like these yeah it's like kid like totally childlike images and um, yeah they (laughs) no they really kids love that the cursing I mean these women are angry for obvious reasons you know there shouldn't be anything about the election that just happened that shouldn't you know surprise people about why women would be angry right at this moment yeah
1: Um, and they're letting it out yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in the band that you're in, that that music is the review, the dramastics review. The dramastics. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the
0: best thing I can think of. What to call it? The review. Yeah. Do you play out and about? We we played two concerts in Denver mm-hmm. in inside the For exhibition the, yeah. on the stage. Those were the first times we'd ever performed, and um, and that was that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we look. Yeah, we learned a lot from that. And then when I uh, came back to New York and wanted to do a kind of a similar thing where I would have a screening and a, perf- and a band performance and um, uh, started talking with uh, two artists, uh, Daniel Gordon and Ruby Styler, who have a, st- have a, both artist studio and exhibition space on kind of like South Park Slope. Mm-hmm. And the exhibition space is they are calling it downstairs. And it's like, I think a former mechanical room Where you walk down a tiny little staircase into like a room that's maybe ten feet by fifteen feet or something. It's a really really small space, and I thought this is a perfect like it's like a Kaiser Keller sort of like place for a band would play. Where there's almost a a small balcony at the top, and I as soon as I saw this place, I was like, I have to play a punk show here and do a screening, and it was great. Like somehow we fit like sixty people into this space and had, like, you know, tequila and weed and punk rock music, and it was <laughs> like heaven, you know? Isn't
1: it funny that you want, always want to try to get back to those venues that, like, yeah. you went to see when yeah, you yeah. were in college? I want to recreate you, them, like the I, because, yeah,
0: I, I, I have such strong memories of those basement yeah. and the places, and, I, and I, I want that again, you know, and why not?
1: That's, that's what we do, I think, yeah. as adults. We're yeah. always trying to get back to that feeling when we were younger yeah, that, yeah. that made you want to be an artist to begin with. Sure. Right? Yeah. You're just trying to get that feeling back.
0: That that innocence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And even if you get a little bit in the bottle, it feels like, yep, this is what it's about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So, upcoming show?
0: Yeah. There it is. And then that show travels to the Nasher Sculpture Center in Dallas, Texas nice. in October.
1: I know you're going to go play down there, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, they're just like Texans. They know how to do it. Yeah. They're, they're just... That will like be waiting. great. They're like, thank you. You know, yeah. Something about playing that kind of music at a Renzo Piano museum is good. Yeah, that's you know, gonna be good. It's going to be um, a little noisy. But they know how to get their drink on in Texas. So they, yeah. They um, yeah, yeah. So They'll those get are the two it. things. And then I'm gonna. Tr- I want to make another film about four skateboarders who they're having this kind of Southern California idyllic life, and then one day they eat a magic quesadilla and get. <laughs> Teleported against their will (laughs) to post punk, planet post punk, where it's like northern England and it's dire and cold, and they have to surf on like a stone flat stone beach and it's hard, (laughs) and the music is really minimal and you know post punk.
1: Nice. That sounds good. That's my next. That'll be the next three year.
0: The magic quesadilla project. Yeah. Nice.
1: Great. All right, and people can check out your stuff. Casey Kaplan Gallery, Hello Brook, at Hello Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, hell, at Hello Brooklyn on Instagram. Oh. And the SoundCloud for the music is on there too. So you can oh, nice. Yeah, it. it's on the feed. People can yeah, check that out. they can see out. it, exactly. Great.
1: Thanks for having me over.
0: Absolutely. Thank it's you, great. Brian.